official sponsor of Sense and Suffers podcast. And if you didn't know, now you know. I have been using this company's products since before my podcast, since I basically started rock climbing. They're cool. They're rad. They're customizable. You can get bouldering pads, chalk buckets, backpacks. They've got shoes. They've got almost anything you can conceive to make you look fly, to make you functional at the crag. Check out Organic Climbing. Put in Sends and Suffers at your purchase. It helps this podcast out and really support someone who has been supporting the conception of climbing communities since the beginning. Josh and everyone at Organic is all about making sure communities grow. And that is a huge thing coming from a small company that moves massive, massive mountains. So check out Organic Climbing. Tell them I sent you. Let's get into this episode. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers podcast. Every bit counts, and we would love to hear from you. So take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sends and Suffers podcast, and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out, and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers podcast. All right, friends and enemies and lovers and haters. This episode is about the new kids on the block that run the block. I know, I know, this is so catchy. But the gym, the block, is in DFW, and it's honestly one of my favorite gyms. I know it's new and shiny and beautiful, but it's gorgeous. It's got a legendary route setter, Josh Hangs there, and the community there is a vibe. I hope you enjoy this episode with the climbing gym, the block. And if you haven't already made your way down to Fort Worth, it's definitely worth a session because you'll get worked and you will climb on some absolutely gorgeous, expensive boulders. How are you guys this morning? Doing well. Good. Yeah, (laughs) tired. Yeah, it's early. It's early. (laughs) Well, thank you for letting me come into your absolutely stunningly gorgeous gym and meet with you guys because you guys are the new kids on the block. (laughs) I'm not going to assume everyone knows who you are. So if you guys don't mind me telling me who are you, where you're from, and what is your connection to rock climbing? Because we're in a rock climbing gym. Sure, yeah. My name's Skylar Brooks. I was born and raised in California. Went to school in Arizona. I moved back to California after that. And... That's when I really fell in love with rock climbing. I mean, I had climbed on and off like in my childhood, kind of, I wasn't in the Boy Scouts, but you know, kind of Boy Scouts Mm -hmm. type of engagement with rock climbing. 
And then in college, it was, you know, going out to a little crag with some of my friends. We didn't really know what like outdoor climbing was a thing. I wasn't like, you know, keyed into it as a sport or an outdoor hobby. We just were outside climbing rocks. Turns out it was like a decent little crag that we were going to, but we had no idea what we were doing. Didn't have gear, no shoes, no pads. It was just like going out and having fun with friends. And then a couple times a semester, we would go down to the closest climbing gym at that point in Arizona, which was in Phoenix. Um, we would go down there a couple times and climb inside and then kind of realized that it was more of a thing. But because it was such a long drive, we didn't make it down there very often. So it wasn't until after I graduated college and I moved back to California that I really fell in love with climbing, specifically like in like climbing indoors at my old home wall in Redlands, California, Flowstone. It was really getting to know the owners of Flowstone, Jason, Joel, and Noel, and seeing what they had done with that space. It was their first gym. Obviously, they'd been in the climbing industry for a lot longer, but seeing what they had done and how quickly I fell in love with that is what really drove me to want to, you know, pursue it as as a goal or as a dream to open one, you know, give people that same feeling that they gave me in a space that, you know, didn't have something like, <clears throat> excuse me, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the long and short of why we're sitting here in this gym. My name is Vanessa. I also grew up in Southern California, born and raised. I didn't leave California for school. I stayed there. So Texas is my first experience being outside of California. That's a big jump. (laughs) And I guess, I mean, you kind of explained a lot of it. I didn't get super into rock climbing until recently. The first time I'd ever tried it, I actually found out I was pregnant the next day. So I didn't get to go again (laughs) for a very long time. (laughs) So yeah, it just, it took me a while to get into it because by that point, you know, he was already mounds better than me and it just wasn't as as fun to climb with someone who was really really good when i'm over here like barely able to climb the ladder (laughs) but yeah we're we're really excited about you know opening it up and it's been a passion of his and i kind of got to live my passion before this being a teacher and took a break from teaching to do this and it's been kind of cool to see him be able to follow his passion now did you do any sports or anything prior to climbing or have you been an athletic person your whole life? Skylar would say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did softball, but very little. Like I didn't play in high school or anything. I just kind of, you know, played rec. And yeah, that was. Okay. Skylar, you? Uh, yeah, I was a four sport athlete in high school, but I was also young. I skipped a couple grades when I was younger. So I was playing, you know, mostly like little league and you know, rec ball outside of school when I was really young. And then when I got to high school, because I was so much younger, I was quite a bit smaller. So I had to continue playing like rec sports in high school. But yeah, it was, it was football, baseball, cross country and track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vanessa, she's, she's always like had like a pursuit of fitness. You know, she's always in the gym, you know, a traditional fitness facility or, or running or hiking, you know, so she's, she's always had, you know, been fitness aware. Yeah. I just find it interesting because most people who own gyms or who are really into climbing, almost everybody has some kind of like sports background of some sort. It's like, it's either like I was a three season athlete. I ran track and field. I played football. I was terrible at lacrosse, but I wanted to play all the time. 
But those are like the two sports that I really did. So I make sense, but I was just curious because most people, as I said, who open gyms or are in this industry, I find that they have some kind of connection to using their body. And then they want to continue to share that because you've seen how that affects you as you grow and as mm-hmm. you as you just get older in life. Yeah. And you guys have a wonderful baby girl. Very nice. What's her name? <clears throat> Eloise. Eloise. How old is she? Three and a half. Nice. Is she rock climbing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's had a little wall in her room ever since she was like what, a year old. I, built I mean, you built it, I think, when I was room. pregnant still. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so she's been climbing since she could crawl. Yeah. That's awesome. And where was, so when did the gumption, the goal to open a climbing gym really like, you're like, I'm going to do this because I feel like it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of guts to do this industry, especially in this industry. I think it's like me and Dallas, DFW, Fort Worth, let's say Fort Worth of all places. Like, I think you're far enough away from Dallas that people, you're far enough away from like all the mega gyms and things like that. But still there's like what six gyms in the area already. And so why Fort Worth, Texas? Yeah. So it was, this has been a pipe dream for about three and a half years. It's real now. I know. So I've always kind of operated under the presumption that it probably wasn't ever going to happen. So when we were looking to move out of California, specifically just because we were living on a teaching salary and I was doing real estate. So I wasn't, I didn't have a steady income. So we were relying on mostly on her income as a teacher, which is not, you know, Mm -hmm. a whole lot of money, especially in California. So when we started looking around the country to figure out where we were going to go as a family, you know, we knew we were bringing a child in to the family and we, where we were living, we didn't feel like it was lended itself to, you know, give her the childhood we wanted to be able to give her or Mm. to be able to do the things that we wanted to do. And that was a combination of a lot of things. Part of it was like I was having like issues with anxiety back then just because like I went to school for engineering, didn't make that career path happen. Now I was in like a struggling real estate career. So I had a lot of anxiety and because we lived far enough away from a lot of things, it was like harder for me to build up the like willingness or courage, I guess, to like, Mm -hmm. okay, we just want to go to, you know, the zoo or a museum. It's going to take us two and a half hours to drive to it you know, and then we're going to, we're going to be there. And I, I was feeling like stuck to where like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to stay home because it was easy. And that's obviously not what we wanted for, you know, our, our child. So we started looking at other places that were more affordable and just had things that, you know, you know, if that situation for me would persist or it was a lot easier if things were only like 10 minutes away. Cause I was not like, Oh, I, you know, something's wrong. You know, I can always get a situation pretty quickly and calm myself down. So we just kind of were looking around and, you know, the DFW area was one of the areas that we had considered. We came out here on a trip, had no, we didn't know the FW of DFW, like most people. (laughs) And we stayed in Arlington right, right by the stadiums. We thought we were going to maybe, we were just looking at neighborhoods in Arlington, maybe some of the suburbs of Dallas. Yeah, we were here for like a week. We spent the first like three days touring Arlington, the next like day and a half, like looking at Dallas and then suburbs. And we just so happened to hear of 
these stockyards that people were talking about. So we're like, well, we have we have an extra half a day. We finished up a little bit early one day, so we're like, let's go over and check it out. And yeah, I mean, lucky for us, we came over here to Fort Worth that day and almost immediately fell in love with the city. It's it's the twelfth biggest city in the country, but nobody really knows about it, and yeah, it really lends itself to you know what people always say here. It's like big city amenities, but it's a small town feel. It feels mm-hmm. like a, a place that everyone that's here pretty much lives here so they treat it like home mm-hmm. and that's what we fell in love with and then, i mean you know there's 2.2 million people in tarrant county which is a county that fort worth is in and there's only one climbing gym and it's about the same size as us so the two things just kind of lined up but it was always like end up in a city where it would make sense or it could make sense to do a climbing gym but the main goal was to end up in a city that we knew we could like start you know raise our family in a place that was you know somewhere that we wanted to be yeah, I was about to. I think Funky Town is probably one of the best hidden cre- secrets of the DFW area. I mean, I personally live in Dallas. I lived in Fort Worth for about a year and a half, and I liked it over here far more because you're all correct. It is this like it's a big city, but it feels like a small town, and I think it's honestly a better point of access to really kind of like explore Texas. Which I don't know if you guys have had a chance to explore the climbing or explore the things that are that are around here. I mean, mind you, I think you're probably already used to this. Like it's nice, Fort Worth is beautiful, but if you wanna do climbing or anything exploration wise in Texas, you do have to submit back to your two to three, four hour drive anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had the chance yet, but I've heard a lot of great things and you know, we're looking forward to like being able to get out more, do a lot more outdoor stuff. It was tough for us in California to do it. I, we went outside a few times there when she was pregnant and during the pandemic but we were pretty skittish during the pandemic because she was pregnant mm-hmm. makes sense and we just didn't know so but and the gyms closed down and i was so in love with climbing it was like well let's just go outside and try and figure it out yeah. so we went to a few spots only had one crash pad though and her obviously being pregnant like the approaches were pretty tough so um yeah. her spotting and yeah it was uh <laughs> that was much help <laughs> yeah and then her brother my brother-in-law tagged along with us a couple times yeah and it, it was really enjoyable and then it quickly shifted from there to moving to here and really hitting the ground running on this thing so i can't wait for this to kind of mellow out and be able to get outside you know a couple times how long is the how long has this gym been open now was it Two are we at three weeks? Two weeks? Yeah. Oh, today's three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah, today's so three you weeks. You are ran spanking yeah. there. I was thinking <laughs> in my mind, I was like, oh, you've been like this sleeping giant for like the last two, three, four months, and like people just haven't really known. But this is brand spanking now. Yeah. So what was I? I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about the gym, and I'd like to know like what was kind of your vision for this because I think you do something very unique. This side of the canyon that we're on is T-nutted to standard, everything like that. Beautiful vertical solution walls. These are absolutely great, gorgeous. And I love that you have a kilter board here. But the other side of the gym is much more set up like a comp wall. There's no T-nuts. It could be a giant spray wall. It could be anything that, what was the vision behind this kind of setup? Because that's very unique. I've route set for many years, been coaching longer and from a coaching perspective, I'm in love with that. Like I, I love this setup because I'm like, okay, I can 
I can make the generalized stuff and then, you know, we can put the cream over there. And so what was the vision for that? Like why? Yeah, it was, it was not part of the original plan. So when we designed the wall with vertical solutions, I knew I wanted to set that side up as a like competition style wall. Mm -hmm. So we had, we basically had them break it into four segments, you know, slab, steep, Mm -hmm. less steep, and then, you know, vertical. And yeah, I was like, it lends itself really well to, you know, hosting for problem, you know, men's women's finals for Mm -hmm. a competition the size of the wall with eight problems on it so in our opening set we set eight problems on it looks amazing there's like plenty of room the no t-nets thing was not a planned decision that was a game time decision we made about a month and a half ago when vertical solutions was here building it originally it was supposed to be t-nutted we were sitting there staring at the walls for so long with no t-nuts and we were like man i don't want them to drill holes in this wall and knowing that like most modern like competition style holds don't even have a bolt hole anymore. Mm, true. Uh, we were like, we're not even really going to use many of them over there. So I talked with Josh, uh, our director of root setting and, you know, got his opinion on it. And he was like, I'm game for it. And yeah, it's been, I really like the aesthetic of it. it I think it looks really cool. It's just, it like photographs so cleanly. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And then Josh has even said that it gives him some extra level of like creative freedom while he's setting because he's not like from this bolt hole to this bolt hole. He just Mm -hmm. puts the hold exactly where he wants it. So it kind of gets him outside of the normal box of like moving holds six inches away from one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, you should have no teen out at the whole gym, I think, but. That's that's rough. That's, yeah, that's rough on your drills, and that's rough on the body. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love it. Like from yeah. from a coaching perspective, I was just like drooling when I saw it. I was like, okay, this is great. This is a great use of space. We can we can really kind of make this work really really well. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. I was curious about that, and then I love your fitness room that you guys have. You have a good cold plunge area, which I think is really unique and like I've honestly never seen one in a climbing gym. I've always been like almost wanting to like makeshift build a whirlpool in my apartment just so I could cold plunge at the end of it. And as far as your utilization of space, I love it. Like you, it seems like you are really set up to host community events and you're really set up to host things to engage with your community. Uh, Do you guys have anything coming up in the next, I mean, we're on the cusp of 2024. So is there anything that you're, you have planned or you have coming up that you'd like to see come to pass? Yeah, I mean, we do smaller like things almost every night of the week. Um, now that our program is, has started, but in terms of like big events, I think we're trying to do probably like maybe one a month, just having people come out. We just had our grand opening party, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Mm-hmm. Had food trucks out and local, we try to partner up with local businesses to bring out, you know, we had ice cream and coffee and tea and tattoo artists. That's cool. Yeah. And so we want to do maybe not that grandiose of a of, of an event, but, you know, something that we can plan for a, a weekend day and get people out here because we, we really want to bring that community together. That was a big part of the gym mm-hmm. too is we, I, I personally just love, even before I got into climbing, I love the community of it. 
I love that even when, you know, he would go climb, I could sit there and work on schoolwork while he's climbing. And, you know, it's just a place where people can go to hang out and they don't have to always be climbing, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really cool. But you can probably speak more on like competitions and stuff like that. Well, I guess one thing I'd like you to kind of circle back with here is like, what are the current services or things that you're offering like throughout the week? So just people know. So when they, when they look your gym up and they look this up, like what can they expect already? Is something that they can just jump into right away? Yeah. So right now we're doing like a girl's night and college night. Every Tuesday, we kind of swap back and forth Mm -hmm. between college and girl's night. We started doing circuit meetups. So each week we'll have a different circuit that meets up on Thursdays, Mm -hmm. Thursdays. And then Friday we do bumping at the block. Our last one was our first one was this last weekend. And we just play like really loud music and oh, uh, just like awesome. cool vibes. Yeah, it was so much fun. It's funny because some people I don't think knew like they just came in on a Friday night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're yeah. like, "Wow, this is this is really fun." <laughs> so we'll do that every Friday, and then Sundays we're gonna do set send offs. So right before Josh plans on taking a piece of that or a piece of the wall down then we'll kind of play like Elim games and stuff with that section before. I like that. That's cool. A set send off. I think that's unique. I've never heard that before because you see on Instagram and social media all the time, which by the way, when you guys' grand opening happened, that's actually the most of when I knew, I knew you were coming into town, but it was like with, I don't know if you follow like the hashtags like DFW climbing or climbing communities, Fort Worth climbing, Dallas app, but you guys were all over everywhere. And I was just like, wow, this is exploding very, very fast. So whatever you did that weekend, it was just a huge dump. Like if you were in DFW and you were on social media and you were looking up anything climbing, you were all over the place. So it was really good. But I love this idea of set send off because you hear people like the one thing people make the most memes about is they walk into the gym and the route that they want is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and their soul is crushed. It's so funny because we hear, I hear two different things where it's people are saying, you know, how long do you guys keep routes up for? Because I hate when I come back to a gym and the, you know, the thing is gone. And then I also hear the other side of it of how long or how often do you change them out? Because I want new stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you have, you know, you got to find the balance between the two. Yeah, I think it's hard because people I I I personally think people don't like the project routes anymore and like just commit to working them. Like there's a few I was working on here when I was climbing in your gym and I'm like, okay, I'm just if they're still here, I'm commit. I'm literally warming up to commit to these like six routes. And I do the same thing at Oso. I do the same thing at Movement. And I think people don't project anymore. So that's why people either want them up, want the routes up for like nine Mm -hmm. months. Mm hmm. Or they're like, I want something new. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Can't make everyone happy. Learn that pretty quickly, but. Yeah. Yeah. I just tell people it. to climb more and suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, more days on. Let's see. Other Monday things. we do, uh, we're going to start doing board. a board meeting. So like kilter board, mm-hmm. come climb kilter board with your friends kind of thing. I know we've got some other stuff in the works, but that's kind of the, the plans right now. Well, the other big one is. um First Saturday of every month, we're doing kids oh, yeah. climb. Nice. So we're going to try and we'll set things that are a lot more kid friendly. It's ages 12 and under. Mm-hmm. We're doing $10 day passes. We're opening an hour early to not interrupt like our normal member hours. People mm-hmm. that don't, you know, want to make sense. Climb around kids. We're opening up an hour early. It's a three hour thing. We're planning on doing like crafts every time and then just letting kids have the run of the place, making it really accessible for. You know, kids, especially in the area to 
get into it and have a time, you know, kind of for specifically for kids. I mean, we don't have the space, the luxury of space to have a dedicated kids area in here. Not yet. No. Yeah. So that's the other big one. And then, yeah, just big event every, every month ish. Next one's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, we're doing a party, staying open until 1 a.m. And then we're hoping to do our first competition in March. Nice. And then is this going to be just like a commute, sorry, a citizen's comp, just like an open comp anybody can sign up for? Are you doing any grand prizes? Any just, or is it mainly just rip, you know, any, like how's the comp going to run? Yeah. So it's not going to be like a sanctioned one or any sort of like USEC nah. uh, involvement. So yeah, it'll, it'll be an open comp. We're hoping to do a prize pool. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start pursuing sponsorships for that and make it Make it enough, I don't really know a number yet, but we're hoping that it's a decent enough prize pool to bring in people and make it worth their time, mm -hmm. give people a chance, you know, to earn some money. I've, I've spoken with some of the local competitive climbers that have aged out of like the team team or the, the kids teams. Mm -hmm. And now they're like kind of left to bridge this gap between, can I pursue this thing, you know, on my own and, and pay for it? And it can be quite expensive. I mean, if you're flying around the country to go oh, try yeah, and compete and don't have sponsors or anything like that. So trying to make it to where if, you know, people think they have a good shot at, at winning it, it'll be worth their time to come up here. That's cool. I think as a coach, that's something I struggle with a lot because a lot of these athletes that age out, they don't go off to college somewhere where there's a ton of climbing. But if they stay home locally, it's kind of, there is this limbo and it's like do i just climb for myself do i get into a career a lot of them kind of fall off the lit the kind of fall off the wagon a little bit for lack of a better term or those ones that were like they're amazing athletes but like you know let's just be honest about it like there is we are literally splitting a fraction of hairs of hairs of hairs once you start getting into the world cup circuit and it's like you're great you are millions times better, but within the half of the 1%, it's just like, it's not quite there or you need time to get there. And I think creating an opportunity for them to train, creating for an opportunity for them to showcase themselves. And I also think your facility, you know, I think is uniquely set up for them to be able to climb here. And, you know, with Josh Hanks, legendary climber, legendary route setter, Texas legend, you know, I think having the ability to come here and train and work on routes that he's setting and be able to really kind of showcase their work on a great and beautiful facility. Kind of segueing into that, how did you meet Josh? How did you get him roped into this? It was, I just posted on CBJ's website for the opening and he was one of the applicants. That was, oh. that was it, but it was very immediate during the interview that I knew that he was going to be the best fit for us. We yep. had a lot of qualified applicants for the position, but yeah, there was just something all immediately clicked with Josh, both for us and for him, him coming back here where he grew up and gets to come back now and be closer to his family. Yeah. And then also the fact that, you know, he's a, an amazing setter and has a, a great deal of additional experience in the industry mm -hmm. outside of setting. Oh, that's a wealth of, yeah. So. It's a wealth of knowledge. Like the man has been around for a very long time and has a lot of routes in this area that people are still chasing after mm -hmm. to try to, to put, to notch off of their bucket list. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Cause we didn't, I mean, 
Josh Haynes wasn't like a name to us before. And he just happened to interview. And I remember you saying like, I, I, I found the guy and, you know, we were going to bed the other night and I was like, man, do you ever just think about like, we're so lucky we have Josh. Like he has so much knowledge just besides like him being a great setter. He has so much knowledge and knows so many people and just has so much that he's able to bring to the gym that I'm like, we could have picked anybody and, you know, it just like, I don't know, it just worked out really perfectly. I think you guys definitely did luck out. The namesakes alone goes a lot of weight. And I think the biggest thing that, you know, someone who personally who's chased after his roots and really kind of like taken a similar path to him, but different. I think the biggest thing that you're getting is that wealth of knowledge, that wealth of insider knowledge. And Josh is just so low key, Mm -hmm. like his low key. I mean, low key is his high key. And I like, as I like to say, and I think you're really blessed because the amount of information he's going to help you be able to grow and kind of give you a lot of cheat codes along the way. So, yeah, yeah. And he already has, it's already paid dividends. He has, he has so many connections that I don't have to be able to make things happen for us, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. It's been awesome. So are you guys, so we're barely three weeks in, three, a month in, and what is the next mile marker for you that you're hoping to hit to see, do you want to grow? Do you want to open more locations? Is this really kind of the one and done for you? Or like, have you thought about that? Or is that too far out yet? I don't know. Yeah, we do have, we have a phase two planned already. We don't know exactly. We're hoping to break ground on it probably summer of next year, but that's just an expansion to the current facility. In our back lot, we have a grass, like an empty little grass area that we're able to expand off the back of the building. We've already discussed it with the landlord and he's, he's totally on board with it. So It'll probably be like a 2,000 square foot expansion to the existing facility, which is almost 10,000 square feet. That's huge. Yeah. So it'll be, it's going to be up to the community, like what we put in there. We know for sure the kilter board is going to go live in there and then we'll have vertical solutions come back and extend our third wall down to the end just to get a little bit more bouldering area in here. But yeah, the space is just going to be molded by the community. So if people are wanting dedicated yoga studio since we don't have yoga right now that's what it'll be if they would just want more systems boards you know we could get tension 2.0 we could get moon board in here even like an adjustable spray wall mm-hmm. type of thing i know lemur is doing those or kilter yeah. and lemur are doing those frames grasshopper is as well if you've yeah. heard of them too grasshopper has i believe they have an adjustable board that also adjusts with you as you climb and oh. so it can change angles yeah i mean ben uh not sorry correction Grasshopper, Boone Speed, mm. Boone Speed's boards. And if you're familiar, are you familiar with that name? No, I haven't heard that one. I it, Grasshopper, yeah, but. Boone Speed, look it up just like Josh, but Boone is a legend. Like all the original Chris Sharma videos from the day, he's the one who shot them all, King oh. Lions. Like the man is probably the most forward-thinking person in the industry that I've ever met in my life. Used to be the director of marketing for Black Diamond. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has been around forever, but every major climbing film you can think of that you like shot in the 90s, it was him. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Like it's, I would definitely check out their products. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Kilter, big fan of Tension Board, their new board out. And I think Boone's board 
the grasshopper board is just kind of on another level. And if you want to try one out, the Grapevine location of movement has a small one upstairs. Okay, they don't yeah. have a full size one. And if you want to try the board that is adjustable, that moves and shifts with you, I think the only climbing gym that has one within the tri-state area is Threshold within OKC. Mm. And they have one, and I think they're the only people who have one. And it's, I mean, it's futuristic. It's wild. I've climbed on it. And I was, I was like, okay, this is, I almost didn't know what to make of it. But yeah. it was, it's definitely beautiful. And I like their boards because I definitely think it's probably one of the easiest ones to warm up on. I think that's a big thing too that I like yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that. It sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm always looking for, you know, the new cool things. But yeah, same with our hold selection. It's like I'm always trying to find new shapes. Had so many comments already about people coming in here and saying like, I'm, there's so many of these holds that I've never even felt before. Yeah, you guys have, I think that's the nice thing about like, a new gym coming into town with a lot of these older gyms, there's just like a, an historic bucket of old holds. I mean, I think movement right now is even selling off their old hold inventories to the general public. So people can buy them for their home walls, but there is, is just this, it's wild that DFW is like this, but there is an historic history of climbing in this area. And so when I walked in, that was something that I noticed. I was like, everything is completely fresh. Speaking of holds, did you guys manufacture all your own volumes? Yeah, yeah, we did. It was a, um, so I have a background in woodworking too. After I finished college and was, you know, trying to find a career because my engineering career didn't pan out. I was looking for all sorts of things to fill my time. And woodworking was one of the things that I, you know, kind of picked up. I'd done it again throughout my life because my dad like was a carpenter so but i kind of like lent or leaned more into like you know like fine woodworking like furniture mm -hmm. making things like that because mm -hmm. it kind of translated a little bit with my engineering and like you know the measurement and the and the precision and yeah i was having a great time doing that i was building the furniture for you know our our house and you know other like my parents and her parents i made them a, like a couple tables and things like that and then, yeah, when we were doing this thing and, you know, figuring out the budget with how much money we had and how much we could do, knowing oh, that we wanted that. like yeah. good climbing and, you know, a decent selection of volumes. And I saw the volume prices and I was like, oh boy, we're going to run out of money. But yeah, so we, we build our own volumes in house. It's still a learning process for us. We're still like drilling down the texture method mm -hmm. it's been nice to like get to know more people in the industry and and hear you know firsthand what sorts of things that they've been doing rather than just trying to rely on the internet mm -hmm. so that's been helpful and they've definitely been improving and then we do want to purchase volumes from companies as well like moving forward they can make some more complex shapes that we can't make because mm -hmm. we're doing it with the track stall track saw instead of a cnc so oh yeah we had a cnc sure but with the track saw, yeah, some of these shapes that these companies are making now, it would be impossible for us to make. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. I remember motivation volumes came in and I'm seeing, I've watched the evolution of volumes and really how they add 
like I, I remember people used to talk about building a gym that was just nothing but volumes in the future. And I was just like, I don't think that's gonna fly, but it w I would go there and climb. But I was so impressed definitely with your build, especially like this guy over here with this beautiful dual text on the edge. And I was looking at this thing and I was like, I don't recognize this logo. And it took me a minute to realize, I was like, oh, this is the logo of the gym. <laughs> and I was like, and then I just went around and started like, you know, classically like being a creeper and feeling up on all your volumes. And I was like, this is extremely good work, work good work. And I was very impressed. So I was, I, I'm excited. I definitely think you should keep doing it. And I honestly think as much as my personal opinion of, of this is, especially for people opening gyms, I honestly think the introductory shapes and things like that, all that information should just be open sourced because I think it will cut a barrier to entry for more people to build gyms and more people to build gyms in areas where it might not be as high trafficked, where if you want to do gyms like, like nonprofit gyms and low, low income communities or things like that. And I think if you can like open this skill up to allow other people and maybe even young people to start making them or like a gym that's coming along. But I think, I do agree with you. I think the more complex shapes are going to be the way of the future. I think more of the simpler things. I'm almost hoping that brands or, I mean, maybe you yourself, people will start either like one, open sourcing all the information or just selling it as a kit where they can just like, you can buy a pallet and then you can just build it yourself. Because yeah. I think that's going to be a future. And I think that cuts a barrier to entry to establishing more climbing gyms in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I found a few resources. I can't remember the website right now. I, I can get it to you later, but yeah, please. Do. there's one that Guy does. He designs them and then they're pretty simple shapes. He does have some more complex ones uh, and then he just sells the plans. I think it's like if you buy, it's like you get 10 plans that are really nicely done for $50. So oh, wow. you get 10 different shapes for 50 bucks or $5 a piece. And then after I did that, with that one, I just, I wanted, I was designing them in SketchUp and mm -hmm. then I was like figuring out all the angles and making some of them. And then I, I was like, oh, I can save some time if I just buy some of these shapes from this guy. And yeah, like his plans are really well done. It's after I purchased the pack of 10 or whatever, I got an email the next day that was like, oh, thanks for the purchase here. And if you leave us a review, I, I'll give you, you know, two more for free. So obviously like a really new startup that the, the person's pursuing. I, I said guy, but I, I have no idea who is, is running it. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. That's we'll worry about that later, but that's cool. I like that. I think once again, like, I think, I don't know. I just, in my opinion, a lot of, I think it's the nature of climbing. If you've climbed outside, you know, when people talk about areas or things like that, there's a lot of gatekeeping of information. And I think that just needs to go away because the less you gatekeep information, the more new innovation you make room for. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the key. So after you built them, did you just, were you able to kind of, are you at this point now where you just kind of like, feel like you can kind of run on your own a little bit more? Yeah, the texture process. So out of all the volumes that are on our walls right now, there's probably like six different texture methods between them. So I've noticed that some of them are not holding up as well as I would like them to. And I'm like always been very protective about like my work or what I'm putting mm -hmm. out there. So when I see people like complaining about glassy volumes, I'm like, it really gets to me. But the ones that have our more current 
texture method are the ones that are hanging up a lot better. And then we even have a, a more recent one where we're using a slightly different product on the top, which is just a two-part epoxy that I'm hoping that one's going to be the one that we're, we've really dialed it in. And that was one of the ones where I, I got information from other people in the industry of like, what was the standard? I was, before I was using polyurethane, like a single part polyurethane. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, polyurethane is stronger than a, like a latex or acrylic paint. And the holds are poured out of polyurethane. So polyurethane is probably a decent top coating for the volumes. Turns out it's not quite as like shell hard as yeah, two-part epoxy. So those are some of the ones that are like shedding pretty quick. And then also just the actual texture was so hard to figure out, especially doing the clear, the clear one, like the raw wood or the mm -hmm. natural wood ones. Cause the black we're using aluminum oxide, which is like a dark, a pretty dark brown mm -hmm. so obviously when you're putting it over like a black or onto a black volume it doesn't really matter because it's hidden but if you put that onto the wood one it's not gonna look like wood anymore so yeah we were using glass bead turns out that's not great either but it's really hard to source bleached aluminum oxide so yeah i i'm supposed to be getting some stuff from someone in the industry so, you know, I guess I won't mention the names in case they're, they're you know, sharing yeah, well, secrets, but. I make people work for it. Once again, I don't want to gatekeep information, but I do think you need to do a little work to, yeah. to get there. Yeah. yeah. And also if people say your volumes are glassy, just say like, oh, are you sure it's that or it's your footwork? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> we, what I would. We wanted it to be that way. <laughs> yeah. And then Josh, you know, recommended the idea of messing around with dual text volumes too. So. Mm -hmm. When they're glassy, we just tell them, no, that part's still glass. Oh, I think, that, I think that's the future. <laughs> so how do you guys manage, you know, having a kid, having a brand new, I mean, no, granted, it's, it's gyms three weeks, barely a month. You have a child, you're raising a family, making time for each other, and running a gym together. Because I'm imagining you don't have a staff of like 35 people. Is it just you two? Or is it you? <laughs> Currently right now, Josh. <laughs> yeah, like how do you how do you make time for each other? I think that's like a huge. I think that's like a big thing of like going into business at all. Like I know in my past dating relate relationships, I've like I've had people be like, oh, I want to help you do this. I want to help you guide. I want to help you do this. And it's kind of like I'm always like afraid. I'm like, well, I don't know how we can make time for each other. And I think that's like a big thing because I've met couples who want to, you know, open a gym, buy property, build a climbing ranch. They want to do something together as a team. But I think getting into it is just, it's just, this is a different animal. So like, I guess the first question is, is how do you guys manage and find time for each other? I think it's something that we, I mean, we've been together for a really long time. We met in high school and we've been together since we literally met. <laughs> so we've, you know, I think it's something that we kind of prepared ourselves for knowing mm. that the first six months or so were going to be hard and we were going to have to sacrifice a lot to be able to do this because hiring a full staff just isn't, you know, feasible right now. And it's also something that we didn't really even want to do. We wanted to be at the front desk and, you know, meet the people who are going to be climbing in our gym, get to know faces, get to know names. And so I think that we're both okay with that right now and knowing that that's kind of where we're putting our focus not that we're not putting our focus on our relationship too but mm -hmm. and we spend obviously time here and you know making sure that we're both spending time with each other when we get home too even though it's late and we're not normally like late out or night owls but 
in the past it's like we're like eight o'clock bedtime kind of people and now it's like <laughs> we're like midnight kind of bedtime people so I think we just you know try to make it work the way the best that we can as well as you know trying to take time for our daughter too mm-hmm. making sure that she's getting the attention that she needs but yeah I think it's just we just really prepared ourselves for it and knew that it was going to be a hard thing and that we just it was going to be a season that wouldn't be like that forever mm-hmm. so now if it's like that in two years from now we might say <laughs> might be a different story <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we've been together for 15 years so it's you know not that we're tired of each other but you know we've spent a lot of time together and we're still very much in the honeymoon phase of this right now so mm-hmm. This has been something that we've been pursuing for the last three and a half years and always thought it was just a pipe dream. It wasn't going to happen. So the fact that we're actually sitting in here and talking to you and, you know, in a, in a gym we build, it's still very like fresh and new to us. So this is like, uh, this is like us enjoying ourselves together right now. Sitting on a podcast talking to you is pretty <laughs> out of the, out of the norm for us for the last 10 years, you know? So yeah, most of our together time is, is here at the gym. Like our shifts overlap. One of us comes in in the morning, the other the other does the night shift, but we overlap by like five hours and we right. hang out together and climb together and chit chat. So. so, and so basically you're just like footballing the baby between each other right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Right now are your parent, are one of you guys a sets of parents here do you as well? Yeah. My, my parents live a couple blocks away from us. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and then my sisters are all here. My brothers-in-law and then her brother lives here as well. So did the whole family just move here or were they already established here prior to that? My sister and her husband, her husband's from San Antonio. So she moved out here about a year before us. And then we got out here and then my parents followed behind us. My parents are also uh, part owners of the gym and they've been involved for the last, yeah, like year and getting this space ready. So once it got closer to like go time with the gym, is when they they like made their way out here but yeah and then we moved out here in like collaboration essentially with her with her brother because i'm i'm pretty close with him and and she's close with him it's her her only brother yeah and he was thinking of austin and then yeah we ended up finding fort worth and we all kind of moved out here at the same time i think that's probably you know correct me if i'm wrong i'm not a part of this process to me that sounds like the sauce that makes this thing work family is what makes this thing work and it makes sense why you talk about how you want to build a community and you want to see a community in there because you have a community you have your family here and figuring out how to replicate that and as as an extended family in the gym and i can see it when you were talking about the services the things that you want to provide how like i can kind of see like your heart just leaps when you think about like building this community and building this place up and now just hearing that you have that kind of infrastructure around you it makes perfect sense. Like, and I think, and me personally, I've, I talk about this a lot on my podcast. It's like the coolest thing about rock climbing has is absolutely not rock climbing at all. Like the best part of the rock climbing community, it has nothing to do with rock climbing. And I think it's also, in my opinion, not underrated, but overlooked a lot. And I, when I say overlooked, I mean, overlooked with like intent, with detail, with care and love. I think a lot of people just kind of take for advantage that rock climbers are nice. This is this blah, blah, blah. But I think especially you two and myself and anyone in a position where like we are facilitating the sport for us, 
we kind of tend to look at it a much different lens and maybe, or maybe hold it in a much more gentle and careful, care, loving, loving and caring kind of a way. Mm. And so, but it oozes out of you. Cause like in the moment you guys started talking about your family, I could like literally feel the connection of the gym and I'm like, okay, this makes sense now. It all kind of like the dust is settling with that. So how can I, the DFW community, what can we do for you? Because I think, I think that is the question and that's the question I'm going to pose for the rest of the community who are listening to this because And I want to preface this with saying you have put your money, finances, emotional health, mental health on the line of like building a facility. That's a big deal. And I thank you for that because Fort Worth needs this and Fort Worth needs another gym and it needs to keep growing. And so what are things that people like, I mean, outside, is there anything, I mean, I know you need members. I know you need people to show up into the gym. Is there anything that we can do to help you guys grow? And is there an ask at all? I know it's kind of an odd question. Yeah, I mean, come climb is the biggest one. I mean, we're going to be completely driven on on feedback. So, I mean, just coming over to climb and sharing your experience with us is is what we're most after right now. And so we can really, you know, tailor this experience to the community. Because I mean, what I what I came from at Flowstone, and what people here might want, you know, are two different things. So I kind of had a foundation that's here now, but yeah, I, I don't want to run a gym. That's my gym. I want to run a gym that the community wants. So if, you know, they want faster turnover of, you know, problems or, or setting, we'll do that. If they want, you know, a coffee station in the back when they're hanging out in the lounge, we'll do that. If they want, you know, anything, anything that's feedback, you know, even feedback on the furniture everything i think you have the most bougie furniture out of all the gyms i'm gonna go ahead and say this now like everyone who's like watching this video right now none of this furniture was provided by me (laughs) it's all customarily built or purchased by block yeah i'm surprised did you build any of the furniture in here or you buy it all yeah yeah we bought it all okay i was curious because if you were like yeah i built every piece i would be like that's it mic drop (laughs) yeah i think like piggybacking on that too is because we are independently owned and you know we're we're the ones here doing it like we have so much power to just change something so getting that feedback you know we we are able to change things if people want things differently we're able to take that into consideration and do something about it because it's just us you know we don't have to go through other people to try and make changes and and which kind of you know makes it nice too where can people put that feedback? I mean, I'm sure they can tell you, but do you have like a, do you have like a message board on your website? Just leave it on social media just so they can, they can provide this feedback and you can track it over time to make, to make the best decisions. How can they get this to you? Yeah, we are trying to get our working with approach for our, our gym software mm-hmm. and they have forms we're, we're working with them. We're supposed to have a meeting with them, I think tomorrow. So we'll have like emails going out that are generic feedback emails. We also post on our Instagram stories, like I'll ask questions all the time. Like there's a green problem over here on the comp down side that Josh and I were like, well, we're trying to fill here and we can't fill around this because, you know, fall, fall hazard type mm-hmm. of thing. Cause it's pretty like, you know, a large holds. So I just posted, I was like, what should we do with this one? Should we strip it and put four new ones up in its place? Should we leave it here? Is everyone having fun on it? Or 
should we just tweak it a little bit to make it, you know, so we can fill around it and the vote one to tweak it and make us fill around it. So that's what we did. So yeah, social media telling us in person when those forms come out, you know, we'll do that. We'll probably even just do the old school, put a comment box on the wall over here, mm-hmm. leave us a comment so people can leave something anonymous, anonymously. But yeah, everything. I mean, we we love all the feedback and people have been giving it to us. It, mm-hmm. We've got sauna's not hot enough. <laughs> that's a big one. So we're already working on uh, sourcing a new sauna that's uh, a little bit better than what we got. What else? What's the other big one? More down climb. Oh yeah, more jugs. down climb jugs. Yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah. No, yeah. people get people get sketched out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, our initial holds inventory, I was so annoyed by <laughs> I was so annoyed by how much of our initial holds inventory we had to spend on down climb jugs and we still don't have anywhere near enough. We need like double. I was curious if this was a lot more of Skylar's vision than it was yours, but it, I'm very happy to know that like this is really a joint project between you because the climbing industry is a very male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just like my podcast. Po- most podcasts are men just blah, blah, blah on a microphone. <laughs> so I'm focusing on this moving in 2024. I'm focusing on like predominantly trying to interview women. I just finished interviewing this woman, Kame, who is a climber and a doula. Oh. And we talked about like the intersection between birthing and climbing Mm -hmm. and this and i like i'll be honest with you my brain was almost exploding because i was like i don't know anything about this and i don't know anything anything about that but getting back to you i think it's i'm very happy to know that like this is a team effort and this is something this is important because i feel sometimes and like don't take this the wrong way when i say this but I feel like sometimes a lot of partners are just content with mm-hmm. just going along for the ride mm-hmm. instead of like driving the bus. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I don't care who you are, man, woman, whatever you identify as, like sometimes you just need someone else to drive the bus. Yeah. And I've met partners who are like are extremely hesitant of it or they're just like, well, this is just not what I want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. No, like I said before, you know, I, I've gotten to live my passion and. And I didn't quit teaching because of this. Like I, I was kind of in a place with teaching where I just wasn't, it, it wasn't really feeling like my passion anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's been cool to, to let him, to kind of sit in the passenger seat now and let him sort of drive a little bit and let him, you know, live out his passion and something that, you know, wasn't necessarily my, my dream, but has become a dream of mine, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, just doing it alongside with him. So it was something that he dreamed up, but now I get to, you know, live that dream with him. And now I have all these ideas in my head of like, okay, now here's what I can do here. <laughs> like being a, you know, being a former teacher, I'm like, oh, I, my, the teacher in me comes out every time I'm here where people, you know, ask for help. And I'm like, oh, I, I can help you because <laughs> I love, you know, being able to serve people. And, you know, I'm big on community. I started a walking group here in Fort Worth. Oh, that's cool. Do you guys start from here? No, we actually, we walk along the river and we do it during the summer. So we're off season right now, but it was just like something I started because I wanted to make friends and I wanted to give a place for women to be able to make friends and have a safe space to walk because, you know, not every woman feels safe walking alone. And so we, you know, go for a walk and then have happy hour after and we meet every, every week. So now I'm like, okay, how can I turn that into something with climbing too? Like Mm -hmm. having a you know, taking that, that walking group and inviting them to all come climb. And we've done, you know, yoga and stuff like that. So now I'm like stirring with all these ideas of things that I can do within this space that can, 
you know, that I can be passionate about too, besides just the gym. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think one of the things when you told me you were a teacher, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know if this apply across uh, applies, but everyone I have ever met who is a teacher has gotten into that. I think one of the biggest struggles in climbing, especially with youth programs or any kind of like organization is the programming. Mm -hmm. And I find that like a lot of people, and it sounds just listening to you, it's, you guys have this structured out, like it's obvious, but I feel like a lot of gyms when they open, they're just like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. And they're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm -hmm. And you know, that to me, storm norm perform, like, it will work, but it just, it's kind of chaos. Mm -hmm. And especially coming from a coach, especially with children, especially with, you know, young adults or things like that structure works really well and it doesn't have to be crazy. And I could just hear that like, okay, you guys have this plan. And so I think I'm excited to see what kind of programming you're going to help bring and you're going to help like make through this whole thing. Yeah. So, so outside of, being here in Fort Worth, where can people find you online? Our website, theblockclimbing.com, B-L-O-K. Already regretting the name choice because I thought the block's easy enough. I just said no C and block and they go, hmm, and then it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, our Instagram, Facebook, the block climbing. TikTok. TikTok, TikTok we have, we have block beta files. Okay. Uh, so we're posting like beta tips for the problems in here on that, but mm -hmm. we're not do have the TikTok, but we haven't. Yeah, we haven't like posted on there. Yeah, yeah. there's so and as long as you're there, that but yeah, the, there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you said the block. I thought it was an ingenious name because in Europe, that's what they call bouldering. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna go climb some blocks, and I'm like, oh, that's fine. And I was waiting for you guys to have like a Swiss accent when I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone yesterday was like, "This started in Europe, right?" And I was like, yeah, uh, right, it's right forward." <laughs> No, I mean, that's like literally I thought that same thing. And I was like, oh, these guys must be from like Wales or somewhere or like yeah. London or like somewhere in the UK because it's very Euro of you yeah. in yeah. my mind. Yeah. We actually had these this couple come in that was doing this low cost travel around the world and they're from Austria and they were stopping in like every climbing gym they could. So like they were in Japan and in South Korea and Thailand and then. They came to the States and they went to like California and just doing the whole thing. And they happened to choose us. And it was, we weren't even open to the public yet. We were still like members only. It was like three days after we opened, they showed mm -hmm. up. And I think they showed up because they were like looking at gyms in the area or whatever. And being Austrian, they used the UMA over the O all the time. So they thought, you know, maybe they would find, you know, some people that you know yeah some fellow europeans that they might be able to like chat with for a while and they yeah. were they were like they were the great amazing couple yeah though. they were really cool yeah so the you are you uh, are you from austria apparently it's an uh, i did not the know with the umlaut over it's it a, uh. yeah so the block the block you should just say it that way from yeah. now on i stole it from i stole it from motley crew and motorhead <laughs> so I just put a, a metal loom out of the O.